Welcome back to the Football Kingdom podcast. I am Brandon Johnson. With me, as always, is Tyler Mallon. And this week, the Chiefs went on the road into New England and got back in the win column against the Patriots. Tyler, go ahead and break this game down for us. Well, it was what you would expect as a fan. You know, you go into New England without Tom Brady anymore. You know, that's something you used to go, the Chiefs used to go to New England and play Tom Brady, and it was like just a bloodbath, you know. <laughs> for But for it was more like, you know, it was a good game for both teams. I remember Tyreek, you know, with his antics, like there there was, you know, late season game where it's, it was just back and forth, you know, touchdown after touchdown. And these days, you know, we're going to get into the, the Bill Belichick of it all here in a little bit, but uh, they're not the same team. They're not, you know, that dynasty is long gone, and you got Bailey Zappi out there taking four sacks with, like, less than 200 yards. But, um, yeah, man, the Chiefs played a really good game. You know, they <clears throat> still, again, you know, have a lot of the same mistakes. Um, but they looked a lot more, you know, on point. They had a lot more synergy together. Uh, first play was to Noah Gray. Uh, that was nice because you, you called that out like, let's get some more Noah Gray plays. And then I think yeah, that was like his only play. But uh, yeah, both teams had two missed field goals on their opening drives, which was fun. Um, but yeah, man, overall, like... Pretty pretty solid by the Chiefs. Um, you know, earlier in the game, there was a really nice screen pass to Edwards Alaire because uh, Pacheco was still out. Uh, it was great to see that, and he had a really nice touchdown. It was like the third touchdown of the game, you know, just back of the end zone. He had this crazy jump um, pass to, to Clyde again in the back of the end zone. But he had, he had this screen where it was just like all he had was daily. He had three blockers in front of him three big, you know, linemen blocking for him. And there was this green grass up the right side of the field. And he, he ran for like 50 yards or something. And I tweeted, I was like, that's what everybody thought when the Chiefs selected him in the first round, that, that this is the guy we're getting. We're going to be throwing little screen passes. He's going to be a pass catching back. That's what was promised to us. And that never happened. <laughs> you know, I just, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's Mahomes to this guy all year. And he was the number one draft pick for like two years in fantasy. And he never, you know, panned out to be that guy. But this game, you know, he, he did really nice. Um, but yeah, there was, uh, Mahomes' first interception was pretty sloppy he was kind of a forced throw i think it was to noah gray actually now that i think about it but uh to blake bell oh blake bell okay but yeah that was that was confusing i don't know if there was miscommunication he didn't react like there was normally he's like telling his guys to come back to the ball and all this and i think i don't know what he thought and quite honestly that was a weird interception but the second interception was to Kadarius tony Game was almost put away, um, so it seemed like they were like, okay, let's let's maybe get Tony some reps, get his confidence up or something, and he did it again. Like he, you know, he bobbles the ball. It's a it's a interception, and it was on Tony. It was Tony's fault, and you're like, this guy. You know, just fire him, please. Just fire him into space. I don't want to think about Kadarius Tony anymore. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I like this. Should they ever throw to this guy ever again, or what? Uh, so here's what I think about Kadarius Tony. His snaps need to be diminished significantly, and we need to see more more Noah Gray. We need to see more Richie James, and they need to add Justin yes. Ross into the mix, and. All of that needs to happen. Sky Moore kind of took care of himself because he's injured, but they cannot continue to trot out Kadarius Tony and feel like he can play mistake-free football because it's week in and week out. He's dropping passes. He's, you know, the big offsides penalty. He's just doing something silly all the time. And at a certain point, like, you, enough has to be enough. And I think... 
him just not being part of the offense is what needs to happen because it's ridiculous. And I know that this wide receiver core, you know, they are who they are. They're it's week 16 or whatever. Like they're not, they're not just going to magically fix all of the, the details and become a disciplined team. Cause, uh, that would have happened by now, but no, they the, they got to just start punishing these guys by taking away their playing time because it's absolutely ridiculous. The only player, the only wide receiver on the team that has seemed to improve is Rasheed Rice, who had a nice game yesterday. Yes, he did. And he is, I'll say it like this, he is the wide receiver one, and he, I would say he, he could still be the wide receiver one, or he needs to be because he, he needs to protect the ball because he did fumble in this game, but immediately recovered it. Um, I mean, it's stuff like this, man. Like they were so close. I mean, they were that close. Uh, Sky Moore fumbled and it was, uh, it, he was saved by a, a Patriots penalty. That was pretty questionable. I don't recall what it was right now, but, uh, whatever it was, it was pretty ticky tack. I think, and Skymore got away with one. So he fumbled. He fell down late in the game and like twisted both his knees or something. They put him on IR. So he's out for the regular season. All right. So he might come back in round two of the playoffs or something. But who knows? I don't know. Like, he can stay on the bench. But uh, yeah, Rice has looked amazing. Needs to protect the ball. That's my only thing is like this guy. It's like every time they throw to him, it's like behind the line of scrimmage and he gets a first down. It's like 10 yards every time he touches the ball. That's how good he is. But he's still a rookie. Needs to keep it both hands on the ball and just be mindful of that. Um, Richie James has been talked about in the last couple days on the, you know, interviews with uh, Andy Reid and everybody and... You know, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll see with him. We'll see with Kadarius uh, Tony as well. Um, but like Nicole Hardman uh, is back off IR, IR, IR as well. So I guess we'll see what they do with both of those guys. I really hope they give James a chance because these other guys have already been given chances and kind of, you know, squandered them away to the detriment of the team of like, here's here's losses, or like your mistakes you know, have, have piled up to actual losses for the, for the team. So. Yeah. And they, on the bright side, they have, uh, they have Isaiah Pacheco coming back. So they'll have him yes. in the running game and it's weird to say it, but I hope that they continue to utilize Clyde Edwards, Alaire in the passing game. Uh, cause that's been working and yeah, less really Canarius, is. Tony more, give us more Richie James, maybe a little bit more Justin Watson um, Noah Gray, we got to just try, we got to do different things. Like we can't just keep trotting out the same people and hoping that it's just going to magically fix itself. Cause it's not. Yeah. And don't overthink it either. Like mix these guys in normal plays, <laughs> you know, don't get too cute because the Richie James play, a lot of people were kind of giving the chiefs like, Oh, they got too cute there. Uh, uh, Rasheed Rice almost fumbled it. No, he didn't. It was, you know, it was, you know, he he made a little bit, he was already like running full speed, you know, when Jarek McKinnon tossed the ball to him, but it's like, they practice those plays. Like, that's an Andy Reid offense. You know, yes, of course, if like he fumbled it there, then of course we're all going to say it's too cute, but I don't know. I think don't get overly cute with mixing these, you know, guys back in, you know, because... Again, we, we've seen they don't need to be bombing down the field with, you know, Tyree Kill, who isn't here anymore, and uh, missing, in, missing in action. Travis Kelsey, for the last month or so, you know, every they're still double-teaming him. These other guys just got to make normal plays. Everything will be fine. And do we want to move on to Belichick or the playoffs? Yeah, let's talk about the... Let's stick to the Chiefs for a second, and then we'll get into Belichick. So, Chiefs' schedule right now, uh, we talked about it. They had four 
including the Patriots game, they had very four very winnable games, and they were right. going to need to win all of those games to even have a chance at the one seed. They're also going to need other teams to do. Um, they're going to need other teams to lose as well, uh, which, you know, when you're not in control of your own destiny, that's not a good place to be. Uh, but the Chiefs took care of the Patriots. They have the Raiders at home on Christmas Day, the Bengals, and then the Chargers. And all four of those games are very winnable games. I think the one that's like going to be interesting for me is the Bengals, uh, just because I think Zach Taylor's a really good coach and what he's done with the Bengals and Jake Browning in the absence of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is done a really, really great job. But for me, it's when I when I look at these games, it's not going to be about did you know did the wide receivers have a clean game? Did how did the Chiefs look? How do they do? Because I'm not expecting at this point, I'm not expecting the the wide receivers to magically be perfect and everything be great and you know all these things just magically go well. What I'm just looking for is momentum can the chiefs you know can they uh bang out four straight wins um and carry momentum into january that's that's what i'm hoping can happen because if you're if you go win four in a row that's you're playing really that means you're playing good football in december and that's the most important time to be playing good football is december so for me it's win these games carry momentum into the playoffs and then do what you do as the Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. So they play, they have the Raiders at home. Like you said, the Bengals didn't really show up against the Vikings this week until the fourth quarter. Um, and then won an overtime, I believe it was an overtime game. Uh, and then you got the chargers, um, the Ravens though, they play the Niners this coming week and then the dolphins. All right. So you hope that they go one and two, cause then they have, they have the Steelers, uh, you know, week 18. So unless they can somehow beat the superpower of the 49ers who are red hot right now, I don't see that happening. That's at least one loss there. Um, and I don't, I haven't really looked into it, but I don't think there'd be any other tiebreaker scenarios that might be he's still looking at a pretty easy one seed you know knocking these these three teams out yeah it's not impossible it's not impossible because as you said the ravens do not have a cakewalk and i mean the dolphins are the other threat and they don't their schedule's not easy either because they have a cowboys team that'll be at home uh but they they play the Bills to wrap the season up, and that's a Bills team that's playing really good football right now, which we'll get into a little bit later. Who uh, plays the Bills? The Dolphins do. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, but let's uh, let's let's stick with uh, the Patriots for a second. So a lot of the talk recently has been Bill Belichick and what his future is with New England. Is he, should he stay? Should the Patriots fire him? Should he retire? Should he go somewhere else? And Tyler, you're kind of in the camp that he should stay put. I am. I, I think it's the old adage of, you know, who who's better than Bill Belichick? You know, and he, he has a dynasty in New England. So what are you going to do? You're going to say, okay, we're not going to ask you back next year or we're, you know, we're going to ask you to leave. Uh, Cause I assume he's probably I don't know if he has a contract that's up right now, but so you're going to ask Bill Belichick to leave or be fired. Um, and then for him to go on to a different team, who is his replacement? I mean, it's Bill Belichick. You know, I, I understand the argument with like, well, it's Brady. He had Brady. And Brady went on to win a Super Bowl. Like, that doesn't happen very often. I mean, that's, again, it's Tom Brady. He is, you know, different in that regard of, like, not too many guys can just go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl in two years. Okay, so he is that special. And, you know, it, it does make the argument hard to 
kind of suss out of like, well, who was more, you know, involved? Obviously, Brady's on the field making the plays. Belichick is the the mastermind here. You know, I I just don't know with what where the Patriots are now. Like you just don't let him try to you know get the the right quarterback because I I really don't know where they went wrong with Mac Jones. Like how did how did that end up being a thing this year again? You know, because that so, to me might be fireable. <laughs> so here's the trouble with Bill Belichick is he does have that legacy. He you know he him and Tom Brady went to nine Super Bowls and won six of them together. That's enough to really have a, a lifetime <laughs> security at your job. Right. Uh, but Bill, Bill Belichick, not only is he the head coach of the New England Patriots, he's their general manager. So yeah. he can't point the fingers at the, gen, the, uh, you know, the general manager like other head coaches can. You know, he was the one that drafted these players. He's the one making all of the personnel decisions. He's the one making trades. He's the one signing free agents. He's doing all of these things. So, like Mac Jones, that's on him. He picked Mac Jones. For me, I think maybe, I don't think Bill Belichick should be fired. I think maybe he should maybe not be general manager anymore. That's a good point. But as far as head coach, I'm with you. I don't know who replaces him because you you bring in a new coach, you still have the same quarterback room. You still have the same problem. You still have Mac Jones. You still have Bailey Zappi. That's bringing in somebody new isn't going to just magically fix all of your problems and the Patriots are going to be a dynasty again or a playoff team again. Like that's 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 not uh it's not how it works. Now, I think, let's say they, they move Bill Belichick, or Bill Belichick leaves or gets fired. He's like 73, 74. Like, for me, at that point, you got to just be done with it and call it a day. I don't know. A lot of people are, it's so weird. I, I don't remember if it was local AC radio or who was saying this. But they were like, well, he he couldn't go to... Uh, the Chargers, because like he wouldn't fit in that system or something. Did you hear this? I, I don't know what the point they were trying to make was, but uh, I, I don't know. I think it was management or something. Like it was something like he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't like actually fit in there. He wouldn't like uh, the ownership group or something like that. But I'm like, I don't know. It's like you get that if that, if he's on the market, you go get that dude. Because to me, yeah, I you're. I think you've summed it up pretty well of like, you know, you're not going to bring somebody in who's a better coach. All right. It, it might be time to move on, you know, the, with him and Robert Kraft and the whole GM thing, it might just be time for, you know, the Patriots to finally turn the page and, you know, they move on from that era of their, you know, their, that team. But I'm like, yeah, it's, you, you put it perfectly where it's like, Nobody's going to come in and like turn this team around. You're you're going to bring in new blood, get some new players and kind of start over for the first time since that whole dynasty. So, I don't know. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the Chargers possibly being a team that could be in the hunt for a Bill Belichick and the reason that the Chargers might be in a hunt for Bill Belichick is because they finally, <laughs> we've been talking about it all season that Brandon Staley's kind of been on the hot seat. He's been on the, you know, the, uh, the push notification alert of, uh, Brandon Staley being let go by the Los Angeles chargers. And that happened on Friday after the chargers were completely embarrassed on Thursday night football, losing 63 to 21 against the Las Vegas Raiders. And I'm, <laughs> I'm never I don't like when people lose their jobs. I don't I I don't think anybody does. But Brandon Staley for me I actually think he would have finished out the season if they didn't get absolutely slaughtered the other night. Like it was clear that the Chargers have quit on him and he lost that team. But right. Again, Brandon Staley for me, we've been talking about him for 3 years. That like the guy just doesn't have it. Sometimes you just know. Like sometimes you need to see a coach get a few get their feet wet get some uh 
some experience under their belt and you feel like they can build something. It felt like to me, Brandon Staley was a guy that everybody knew like early on in his tenure with the Chargers that it was just not working. And I'm surprised he lasted as long as he did, but that that era is over and Chargers are a mess and they're kind of going to have to restart and get this thing rolling because they have a, a quarterback that they paid a lot of money in uh, Justin Herbert. So whoever they bring in is going to have their hands full. But where are you at with Brandon Staley? Oh, yeah. Um, no, I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, to do just a little bit of a, like a recap on his kind of tenure there. You know, he started as, I was scared of the guy, <laughs> quite honestly. You know, like, every time they played the Chiefs, I was like, they're going to beat them, you know? Now, the Chiefs almost always, you know, uh, got the win, but with him and uh, Justin Herbert, I was like, this, they are a problem. You know, especially because we were like, all right, we're sitting pretty, we got Mahomes, just won a Super Bowl, and... You know, the rest of the league, look out. Um, and then Herbert comes along, and you're like, he's a real threat, you know, to Mahomes. He's actually given him really good games. And you had Staley, who was going for it on fourth down every single time. And it was working. And everybody's like, oh, we got to do that too. It's the Chiefs, you know, it's Mahomes. Like, we, we don't stand a chance. <laughs> they have Tyreek Hill. Like, they're scoring 40 points a game. Like, you, of course you have to go in on fourth down. And now he's completely different. He's, I don't know if, you know... Maybe he just doesn't have a strong enough team, and he, he is coaching correctly. But, you know, at a, a you know, sky view of this, you're like, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it seems like that's you should stick with that kind of game plan or that mentality. Like, he's completely changed as a person and as a coach, you know. But, you know, it's not a bad thing to change, but for him, I feel like he just took it way too far. Like, he really... I don't know if it was ownership or what, but... To me, I'm like, his whole kind of mentality was completely changed, you know, and it took away, like, what made him, you know, successful, in my opinion. I just and think he's, he's been a kind coach. of a wimp. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he became, you know, an actual bad coach. Uh, at, there at the beginning, I thought well, he was a real threat. I actually, you, you talk about him going for it all the time and his aggressiveness. I always took his aggressiveness as recklessness because like, right, a lot of times it just didn't make sense. Because whenever that there was that time they were playing the Chiefs and they went for it on fourth down a bunch and they just didn't convert and that was that was when he was like ah you gotta go for it if you're playing the Chiefs and it's like well you really you took nine or twelve points off the board because you could have just kicked field goals and you might have won that football game so it's just sure. like I don't know I just didn't get the guy and like I always the the Chargers roster has always been really strong to me. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you have, you have Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and Drew Tranquil for a while. Now you have Khalil Mack. Like, there's no, mm -hmm. there's no reason that they should be as bad as they are. And, that's a very good point. They have a very strong yeah. team. And they played, they always played the Chiefs really tough, but that's the only team they played really tough. They'd go and give the Chiefs everything they had, and then they'd turn around next week and lay an egg. So they'd put all their, they'd put all their eggs in one basket to stay on the subject of eggs um, <laughs> and against the chiefs. And then just be completely mediocre from, you know, for the rest of the season under Brandon Staley, the chargers finished 24, 24 and one that's as average as you can be. So right. <laughs> like, it just didn't work. And as a Chiefs fan, I was like, you know, they can Chargers can keep Brandon Staley as long as they want. But mm -hmm. as a football fan, and as as somebody that wants to see that wants the AFC West to be competitive, like I'm like they got to do something different because they do. They have a Justin Herbert who I would say is probably overrated, but he's a good player, and I'd like to see what he can do with a competent head coach and a competent coaching staff around him. Yeah, I think we'll get into a Herbert conversation in the offseason, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get into that. That's that's too long of a conversation. I don't think he's overrated. I think he is way better than, like, you know, he's, like, top 10-ish, 
you know, he's hovering right around in there and could get you over the, the hump there. You know what I mean? He has a lot more potential than a lot of these guys who are out there who, who I do not believe in. But yeah, we can, uh, yeah. we can get into that at a later time, but <laughs> right. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, sticking with, uh, sticking with the AFC, the AFC South is just completely locked up. You have three teams in the Jaguars, Texans, and Colts that are all eight and six right now. The Jaguars are not playing good football right now. Uh, the Texans and the Colts, I've been kind of talking about it all season. They are both surprise football teams and, they are in the hunt for not only the playoffs, but winning the division. Let's, uh, Tyler, let's look at these schedules. Just kind of see, like, who, you know, which team we think is going to be victorious in the AFC South, because it's going to come down to the wire. I'll start with, uh, start with Jacksonville, because Jacksonville is kind of the favorite in right. They're the leading. South. Yeah, they, they are leading, uh, based off head to head. Uh, they have a really favorable schedule. They have they, there's no reason that the Jaguars shouldn't go 3 and 0 in their last 3 games. They on Christmas Eve they're going to go play the Bucks. Then they're going to play the Panthers on New Year's Eve. We all know how bad the Panthers are and then they're going to play the Titans to wrap up the season. If the Jaguars can't go 3 and 0 there, they don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, they've gone 0 and 3 in their last 3 games. <laughs> First of all, so they've been pretty bad recently. They've they've had some pretty high scoring close games. They did not show up again. I, did, I don't know what happened uh, with the Ravens uh, this week, but well, the Ravens were, are just stupid good. That's the problem, right? Yeah, they they were it was seven to twenty three Ravens there. So, but no, they're they are on a three game losing streak in a pretty tight division as we're seeing. They're all eight and six. All you got to do is win one of them games. They lost the Bengals, which that was a good game. That was an OT. And they lost the Browns, um, who are crazy, the Browns. That might be it for another pod, but... Um, They're in the hunt, 9-5. and five. <laughs> Yeah. No, so the Bucks just won a pretty solid game. Who the heck did they just play? Uh, the Packers. Uh, crazy. The, uh, this is such a weird... Packers have been <laughs> the NFL. Packers have been pretty bad ever since they beat the Chiefs, though. Right. So it's ridiculous. Uh, this is such a week to week league. It's it's such a stereotype, but my goodness. Somebody like on for the, the Packers, Packers. Well, they give the Chiefs their best game, and they're like, "We're we're back, baby!" And then they go and lose like two or three times in a row. It's like somebody on the Packers crazy. said that they were gonna they were gonna win out, and they've lost every game since. So. Right. Yeah, but the Bucks, man, they are they are pretty feisty. It's pretty interesting to see. Um, Why well, blink on uh, Baker Mayfield? Baker, yeah. You know, to just really have a, a kind of a weird renaissance. He still will give you those games, kind of like a Derek Carr. You know, but he's actually a little better than Derek Carr. Like he'll actually have like college type performances. Like he can kind of turn back the clock and be like, I'm really good now <laughs> and like get these crazy, you know, passing stats. Uh, so yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting if they, I obviously think they're a much better team than the Bucks, but that, that is, you know, at Tampa Bay. But yeah, if they do Panthers, should have no problem there. And again, Tennessee, I mean, that's, you know, in division that that's kind of a coin toss. You never know with, in division rivals, but that that would that is like week eighteen, so you never really know what each team's doing there. Sure, yeah. Let's uh, let's take a look at the Texans and the Colts schedules together. We've kind of married those two teams together this season, just kind of where they are as franchises. And looking at the Texans' schedule, theirs is a, probably out of the three that the three teams we've been looking at. Theirs is probably the toughest. They're going to play, yeah, Cleveland next. Cleveland's got their. They're winning games. They're uh, they're again. They're nine and five. They're kind of a surprise. They've been a mess all season. Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, has really put together a nice season coaching wise with the with the personnel that he has available to him. He's lost multiple stars on his team and still finding ways to get it done. So not an easy task for the Texans. I think the one 
upside for them is that that's going to be at home. But after that, again, they're going to play the Titans, which again, as you just kind of as you spoke to with the with Jacksonville, it's a division game. You really never know what's going to happen in those. But the one that's, the game that's going to be really interesting is that Week 18 game. Texans are going to go on the road and play against the Colts. That yeah. you know, depending on how things shake out, that could be that could be the division decider. Exactly. Depending on what the Jags do, that that might you know decide exactly what the AFC. It's so weird because yeah, the NFC and the AFC South are just so bad. Uh, NFC South is way worse, but yeah, that game might yeah decide the whole thing. Yeah, I I. The AFC as a whole is madness right now because you have all <laughs> yeah. these different scenarios for one seeds where, okay, if the Chiefs went out and Baltimore loses twice and the Miami loses once, then the Chiefs <laughs> can be the one seed. Or there's like, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo can do this and they'll be in Baltimore or it's, it's crazy. It's going to be a super fun uh, three weeks. But speaking of the Buffalo Bills, the Bills are... Probably the hottest team in football right now. Uh, they hosted the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys obviously just made a statement game, had a statement win against the Eagles a week prior. Really just kind of had their way with them at home. But Cowboys go on the road against the Bills, and the Cowboys just kind of laid an egg. And they didn't we'll score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. It was yeah. 10 to 31. Yep, yeah. And we'll we'll kind of get into the Cowboys more in a second and kind of what that means for them, but the Bills are the Bills are scary. The Bills are doing exactly what you want to do in the NFL and that's be really hot in the final month of the season in the in December. So the Bills the Bills have made this interesting because they're in the hunt right now, but they get the Chargers and the Patriots, two should be wins for them, and then they're gonna they're gonna end the season in Miami. And I think they're gonna make the playoffs. Tyler, you have a little bit of a, a breakdown of where the Bills are. The Bills are currently the ninth seed. Do you wanna hit us with that? So yeah, I had to look this up. I was fascinated with this so let me grab this um you got the colts are the seventh seed in the afc the texans are the eighth and the bills are the ninth so i had to figure out what the heck is going on here um they entered this last week as a six-way tie but now they're tied again with those four teams uh the bengals being the other the bengals are the sixth seed all right, so you got the Bengals, Colts, Texans, all rank ahead of the Bills um, because they all have different tiebreakers. Uh, the the Bengals beat them head to head, and then the other teams all have better conference records. I didn't, I don't know, I never really looked into all this stuff because I'm like, are the Chiefs in it or not? You know, and sometimes you know it's fun to like look at you know weird seedings and like who can get in and how, but I didn't realize like your inner conference you know, or your divisional uh, games, like, have, play a big part in that. So that's why, you know, they, they just, they don't have a very good uh, record against their own division. So these other teams are ahead of them. That's why the Bills, they're all eight and six together. And uh, yeah, the Bills are just the ninth seed, even though they're clearly the kind of superpower with three weeks left. But yeah, that'll be very interesting. I do think, yeah, Chargers, Patriots, and then playing the Dolphins head-to-head in Week 18. Miami should have the two-seed, or probably the three-seed at worst, locked up, I would think. Um, so you I really think, never know. Yeah, They might if, not need to... Well, no, they play, they play the Cowboys and the Ravens, too, so... Uh, the dolphin, yeah, that's the thing is the dolphin. Dolphins might need to be all hands on deck in week eighteen mm-hmm. if the next two weeks yeah, don't go well for them. Sure. But I think if they have the division wrapped up and they're happy with wherever they ended up seating, then the Bills might get 
might get uh, a free pass into the playoffs. But Miami, being a division rival, might want to play spoiler for them. So, right. Uh, you were talking about the playoff scenarios, and it reminded me of a couple of years ago. One of the just most interesting playoff scenarios it was uh the chargers and the raiders i believe on sunday night football and they could have if they tied they both would have made the playoffs oh my god that was such a great game at the end of the game that scenario was looking like it was actually going to play out yeah (laughs) but like brandon staley called a timeout or something stupid and brandon staley doing something stupid wow (laughs) Um, and the Raiders, this was the rich, uh, Basaccia. Yeah. Rich Basaccia. This was after John Gruden got fired. Rich Basaccia Mm -hmm. took over as interim head coach and led the Raiders to the playoffs that season. But that was wild. It was like, Hey, we could both tie and make it. But, and I think that the Raiders were going to do that until Staley called that timeout. But that just, you talking about the playoff scenarios reminded me of that. There was so much talk on Twitter about these teams need to both just say we tie. <laughs> and everyone was like, there was, there, it was crazy, dude. I, I was like living on Twitter for like an hour before that game. Everybody was like, is it possible? Can they do that? And most people were like, I don't think you can. You can't really like forfeit and both tie. Like there was actually people like, can they do this? You know, <laughs> or can they just kneel and just, you know, take a, take one, make one play? you know, per half or whatever. And it was insanity. Everybody was like, how can we do this? Like everybody wanted to see that happen. Like, and then, yeah, the chargers, everybody, they, they got killed for that, you know, not only losing that game, but for the decisions they made. And yeah, yet another Steely just fumble. Yeah. But back to, uh, let's jump over. We've been talking about the AFC this whole time. Let's look, let's look at some NFC stuff. So obviously Cowboys, did not show up and they lost and they still clinched a playoff spot. And for me, I'm not that worried about the Cowboys performance. I will still, I'll stand by what I said last week, where if the Cowboys can manage to have home field advantage or manage to play all of their games at home in the playoffs, I think that they have a road to the Super Bowl because they've created just a crazy home field advantage down in, um, AT&T Stadium, but so they lost and they clinched a playoff spot. The Eagles also lost, and the Eagles have lost three straight, but uh, they have also clinched the playoffs. So Cowboys, Eagles are in. It's just a matter of who's going to win that division. And right now, since both of them lost this week, Cowboys are still on top in that division. Cowboys have Dolphins and Lions and Commanders. Two two tough games and one that should be a pretty easy win in the Commanders. The Eagles, we talked about it last week, have pretty much a cakewalk of a schedule, but they're not really playing good football right now. So I don't know. They have the Giants twice and the Cardinals. Giants... Can they beat the Giants twice? That's hard to do in a season. And the Cardinals, I'm not concerned about them in the slightest. But who's coming out on top in this division, Tyler? I don't know, yeah, because that's <clears throat> the Eagles are playing very strange football right now. I think they've uh, lost. Did they lose three in a row? They've lost three in a row, yes. Um, I don't know. And they're just not playing well at all and then they they go into seattle last night which is a pretty fun game to see drew lock of all people and that this is kind of my point of like they they did this weird they didn't change the defensive coordinator but the um they switched to matt patricia calling the defensive plays the eagles what did i say no you did yeah okay sorry fine uh so yeah i i don't know what the heck happened last night but it was well there was there was talk about you know Hertz was sick and he didn't he did not look every time he was cut to the sideline like he's already like a pretty he looked dead he looked dead (laughs) he did not want to be there 
I mean, the, the look in his eyes was like, please get me out of here. Like, this is a dream, right? <laughs> but he's still, you know, he, he ran a touchdown on the opening drive, and I don't really know. I, you know, I don't have enough, you know, you know, tape breakdown on the Eagles' last three games, but it's not looking good. But again, you do play the Giants, who looked pretty bad. They were looking so great with Tommy DeVito, and then they didn't really show up in their last game. Uh, this week and just a matter of yeah. can they beat them twice in three weeks that's hard to do that is yeah weird in three weeks like that's i hate when they do that they did yeah, that with the chart or they did it to the Bron- chiefs and broncos, broncos this week, yes this i hate that yeah but I, yesterday's monday night football was weird because you had like so pete carroll has beat the eagles seven times in a row the seahawks have beat the Eagles seven yeah. times in a row. And the game was weird. Because you had like, and now it's eight. Uh, yeah. The, like, is Jalen Hurts playing? Is he sick? Like, he wasn't out there warming up initially. And then, like, the Seahawks w- didn't name a starter. They were like, oh, it might be Geno because he looked good, even though, like, Drew Locke was very obviously going to be the starter. But I don't know. It was a very weird game, but... Good on Drew Locke, uh, throwing that game-winning touchdown pass, and Seahawks coming out victorious, and their playoff hopes are alive. Uh, well, sure. <laughs> they are not a playoff-caliber team, but yes, they are. I mean, the, that's not. the problem with the NFC, though, is it's so top-heavy. You have the Niners, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, and then it's just like everybody else is so, so average. So... The Lions are up there. They're ten and four. Sorry, I but I overlooked the Lions. My bad. You're good. Well, that's I think that's fair. They they've had some pretty weird losses, but they also have these games that they have came back and won. Like they're that kind of tough, you know, team that'll that'll be uh, pretty spicy. <laughs> they're a team to watch out for. They they could wreak some havoc in the the playoffs. Sure. So two teams, two teams in the NFC. Uh, have or three teams in the NFC have clinched the Cowboys and the Eagles both clinched playoff berths. It's just a matter of who's going to be the two seed and who's going to be the five seed between those two. And then you have the 49ers who yesterday uh, clinched the NFC West. And 49ers are clear Super Bowl favorites, they're the most complete team, they're the best team. And uh, all right. Can anybody beat them? That's that's uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be tough for anybody to beat the 49ers anywhere. Just they're out of their minds. They have a great head coach in Kyle Shanahan, an insane roster, and they have the MVP favorite in Brock Purdy. And he is uh, he's a controversial MVP favorite. A lot of people like to think that. Brock Purdy isn't the reason that the 49ers are so successful. It's because of the scheme or it's the system or it's the players around him. And for me, like number one, like a lot of people want Christian McCaffrey to be the MVP. But for me, the MVP is such a quarterback award. It would go to, it makes sense for it to go to Brock Purdy, whether you agree with that or not. Like it's just, that's just what the award has become. And I also am not a fan of punishing a quarterback because he has a good team around him. It's not his fault that he's in a great situation. Like that makes that never makes sense when people are like, ah, oh, he'd suck right. if he played anywhere else. Well, it's like he he doesn't play anywhere else. He plays for the 49ers, and the 49ers are really good. And he happens to be part of that success. It's not like he's been up there and has not contributed to wins. He goes out there and he gets the job done. He's got, he'll likely finish with over 4,000 passing yards. He's going to finish with probably 35 touchdowns. He has less than 10 interceptions. He has a 69.8 completion percentage, 76 QBR. Like he's, he's a good player. 
And yeah, he's very good. Yeah. So I don't think that it's fair to discount Brock Purdy for all of his accomplishments. If you don't think that he's an elite quarterback, I mean, that could be a different conversation. But um, I think he is as much of the reason that the 49ers have been successful as anybody else has been. I mean, you're preaching the choir here, man. You know, like that's, I couldn't agree more on the the whole like, well, he's a system quarterback and yards after a catch and this and that. It's like, man, I've watched quite a few Niners games this year. The first one, the first one uh, that they played, I remember saying he played a perfect game. The dude had zero mistakes and they just trounced whoever that was in week one. And it was like, the dude can ball and he's Mr. Irrelevant. You know, like that counts for something. It, a lot of people, you know, they talk about this on NFL Network and stuff, but that does matter. A lot of the storylines and things, it's not just about, you know, the play on the field. There, you know, storylines do play a factor in the voting. You know, the, the people who vote are human and they're writers and whoever, but yeah, it's not just, you know, you want it all to be about stats or whatever, but. It's a lot more that goes into MVP voting, much like uh, Hall of Fame voting, you know, <laughs> same exact thing. But I think as of right now, Purdy is their best player and he's given it to some amazing guys who are having career years. Uh, and there is a lot of yards after catch, but I don't really see I mean, how you can kind of not vote for the two. It's a dumb argument. It's the same, the peop, same, it's the same people that tried to discount uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, sure. 50 touchdown season or whatever. Uh, it right. might not have been that season, but because he had all those shovel passes, uh, yeah. they're like, Oh, well these don't, these shouldn't count as touchdown passes because it's just a handoff. Like, okay. Mm. I mean, <laughs> sorry that your team stinks. Like, you know, <laughs> that's what it is. It's haters. Yeah. It's sorry. Hater. Sorry. You're a Raiders fan. I mean, right. <laughs> But yeah, Brock Purdy is MVP favorite, very likely going to be that because you have Dak Prescott kind of fell off. Jalen Hurts has fallen off. I think the only real threat is probably Lamar Jackson because of what he has done with the the Ravens this season. He's lost his his main target in Mark Andrews. And if you look back to last season, like mm-hmm. he missed, he missed, uh, I don't know, four or five games and the Ravens were just a completely different football team without him. And now he gets out here this season. He's fully healthy. He's playing a little bit different style and the Ravens are rolling and he's the, he, Lamar Jackson's the one threat for, for, Brock Purdy in getting that getting that vote because I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to get it. I don't think it would be right for Patrick Mahomes to get it. I know that much of his problems are not his fault. I mean, he has I think, I mean, the Chiefs have the most drops in the in the league and I think Patrick Mahomes still has like a stupid good completion percentage so I'd be curious to see what it was if you eliminated most of those drops so but yeah it's brock purdy all the way for me and it's like it's it's stupid to root against brock purdy for reasons that you said earlier he's the last pick in the draft right was the third option last season you know jimmy garoppolo or trey lance goes down Jimmy Garoppolo goes down. They're like, oh, here's this guy that we drafted just because I'm sure Kyle Shanahan had a really good reason for drafting him. But anyway, <laughs> right. um, and you put him in and the, the Niners just roll with him. And then he comes back this season and just pick after his injury and picks up where he left off. So it's, it's just dumb. It's lame, lazy <laughs> to root against Brock Purdy. As are a lot of things. It's media driven, just talking points, you know, Bordering on clickbait, but uh, real quick, Mahomes. Yeah, I. It's the Chiefs are not as explosive as they used to be. He's certainly their best player. I don't think he's league MVP. 
Uh, you made a really good point with Lamar that, I mean, he's lost a lot of players and they're still very successful and he's the reason, you know, like he, he deserves a lot of credit because I was kind of a hater for a long time because he didn't really throw the ball. But that again was mostly the OC, you know, calling plays, you know, and the, probably a lot of the head coach as well, like catering to his play style, but they've kind of opened him up and. Yeah, I think he is a very big threat. And just overall point of it is a QB thing because the QB touches the ball on every single play. You know, so it, it really, they have the most. I mean, I would love to see another player, oh. you know, win it like a CMC, but. Tyreek Hill. Right. Yeah, he's plus 3,000 right now. <laughs> he's the about eighth. Tyreek Hill is. In, yeah. Yeah, as far as Vegas is concerned, but I don't know. I, I think, uh, yeah, Purdy's the favorite and probably will win it at the end of the year. Yeah, so uh, I I want to end this. We kind of kind of looked at it in the Chiefs. Um, their path to the one seed, but it's it's not crazy for them to be the one seed. But I it's very realistic that for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career, the Chiefs are going to have to play a road playoff game. And I'm not really that concerned about that possibility because the Chiefs are 3-3 three and three at home right now. They haven't been a great home football team. They've been pretty good on the road. And... I just believe in Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. We've seen him do just things that are absolutely insane. I think about that run that he had against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, last year playing on a a bad ankle for it was basically an away game. Two games. He, yeah, the Chiefs are. I think. It's a it's an opportunity to add to his legacy, Patrick Mahomes' legacy. We're gonna go go be go play on the road, and in all likelihood, that road game is gonna be the AFC Championship game against Baltimore. If things end up that way, but uh, I obviously we'd love the Chiefs to be a home have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. I think anybody, any team would obviously take that, but I don't really feel any type of way like it's going to hurt the Chiefs' chances if they right. are on the road. Yeah, like we said, it they have a very good shot at the number one. Pretty good shot. Probably a better chance at getting the number two. So, as you said, championship game is probably going to be the only away game. Um, cause you've heard, you know, the, uh, the Arrowhead Invitational, you know, <laughs> and it's been, it's been the case for what, five seasons or whatever. And it's a huge advantage, especially that Texans game that they came back. Like that was monumental to be down 24 points or whatever it was and come back and be in the lead by the half or, you know, but I don't know. I think most Probably all three Super Bowls were essentially away games. You know, for the most part, there were a lot of Chiefs fans, you know, saying home of the Chiefs. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm with you. It's it's not really a, a huge concern if they have to play a ton of away games or not. You know, it's if they're if they're good enough, you know, to make the Super Bowl, I, I don't really see an away game making a huge difference. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't see any, uh, I don't know. I'm not worried about it, but that is all we have this week. We got a wild few weeks coming up. Thank you for listening.